G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Greg is back with us. Hi, Greg. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil. My apology. I think the Russians have intercepted my telephone. (laughs) You just never know whether it could be the Russians, it could be the Chinese. (laughs) Hey, Greg, uh, look, great news. Brisbane going to host the 2032 Olympics. Uh, I guess you were as excited as anybody about that when the announcement came through late yesterday. Oh, Neil, I was. I, I have to tell you that I was so delighted to hear that. Seeing Queensland couldn't win the state of origin, you had to win something, Neil. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, we'll take that one on the chin today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to uh, something big. It's a big 11-year uh, progress yeah. uh, along to that, and uh, no doubt uh, that'll be a very exciting time, and not only for people who are in Brisbane, uh, for Queenslanders, but it is, as the Prime Minister said, uh, for all Australians. Hey, but let's uh, just a quick little note here, and we won't spend a lot of time talking about uh, the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, it's underway already in one sense. I mean, the official... Uh, opening ceremonies on tomorrow night, but there's already a number of sports uh, that are taking to the field in uh, preliminary rounds and such things. Uh, we've been talking before about the idea this Olympics is looking like a very woke Olympics because all sorts of people won't be able to resist making political statements. Uh, I think that's uh, likely to be already happening because the IOC is trying to come down on it. Yeah, totally true, Neil. As you know, I, I alluded to this uh, a couple of weeks ago, that it will be a woke Olympics, and there are rules within the IOC. Uh, rule 50 forbids demonstration or political, religious or racial propaganda from being exhibited at the Games. Now, the, the Olympics was the last bastion of non-political propaganda. That has now changed. I alluded to this, Neil, and it's sad because now, once again, wokeism has hit the Olympics, which is a real shame because I I can guarantee you there's more to come now. I think they'll be working hard to contain a lot of different ways people have discovered they can make political statements. Anyway, we'll look forward to seeing what happens. I think I'm still going to enjoy some sport. I did see some comments from various ones saying, oh, it sounds so woke, I'm not going to watch it. Well, I don't think... uh, I'm not going to be at that point. I think I'm going to probably enjoy it and I'll be more entertained by any sort of woke outbursts than anybody. But, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Matildas have already had a win, Neil, so we're on a good track. Uh, that's right. Uh, we're off to a very good start. <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk about some of the issues you've been thinking through. Uh, you've been talking this week about corporates exhibiting a level of uh, what you call fake righteousness, Uh Last week, a major accounting firm implemented some new leave provisions and uh, favouring Indigenous employees. Now, this is interesting. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, Neil, this is very interesting because I I don't want to signal out the Indigenous people. What I want to signal out is the lack of consistency within the corporate sector. In other words, they've decided to start giving special leave for cultural or ceremonial leave 
to Indigenous people as a sign of their, you know, higher, you know, sort of, uh, sort of, we're better than you are, you know, and uh, and in this respect, what they're really doing, Neil, is they are divisive, and it's a real example of reverse racism in many ways. So this has to stop because one would ask the question, if they're going to start giving relief to Indigenous people, and as I said, it's not about the Indigenous people, it's more about the principle that I want to argue here, are they going to recognise for equality reasons, religious and culturally for things like, um, you know, Hanukkah, Passover, Maundy Thursday, Shrove Tuesday, Ash Wednesday, Ramadan. I mean, where is it going to stop? And, and, and what they're doing is these corporates is really dividing our community and making a many, many mums and dads resentful of the corporate sector trying to be woke now. Uh, well, uh, Greg, it might even be uh, the door ajar now and ready to be pushed open by all of those different cultural backgrounds uh, to try and secure the same sort of time off. In fact, as you mentioned, some of those uh, some of those are Christian events and, of course, we already have uh, holidays at Easter time yeah. and at Christmas. Uh, you mentioned uh, those other ones, uh, you know, um, Maundy Thursday, Shrove Tuesday, Ash Wednesday, uh, Ramadan you even mentioned in there for the Islamic mm. community. So yeah. it, it does open the door, doesn't it, for all of yeah. the different religious groups to say, hey, uh, this is what you're doing, giving people special time off. Uh, maybe yeah. we need that as well. Absolutely. So, you know, anyone who is a Jewish or Islamic or, 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 or you know, Buddhist or whatever should go to their corporate side and say, look, we all also want special leave, but not only that, Neil. Wait for it. What if you're uh, French or Italian or Hungarian or, or German? You, you're going to have a special day for Bastille Day. Um, you know, you're going to have a St. Patrick's Day, Oktoberfest. Neil, where's it going to stop? And if these corporates are genuine, then they will give everybody a leave, everybody special paid leave, mind you, paid leave if they fall into those categories. So I really call these people corporate Pharisees, Neil. Okay, and and calling it like a reverse racism, and nobody denies that Indigenous Australians have uh, suffered hardship over uh, the previous couple of centuries, but there's a certain sense here in which you point out that even there is a inconsistency here if corporates uh, pursue that line. And uh, I think a lot of people will be on side with you for that. Hey, let's move on. There's a number of things you've been talking about. We'll see if we can get through all of those. Uh, you've been noting that in an overseas context, uh, there's even Christian ministry candidates that are being allowed to preach wearing drag. Uh, what's your thought here? Neil, I am... So despondent, I have to tell you. Now, you you will recall back to the Queensland Library incident, I think it was in uh, January 20, uh, Lyle Shelton got involved in this where drag queens were teaching in the Queensland Library. Now we've got churches in America, and this will filter through to Australia, unless we're careful. We've got churches in America that are allowing drag queens to actually deliver a sermon. One particular person calls himself, herself, uh, Mr. Penny cost. Now, that is an embarrassment. It is absolutely demeaning biblical truth. And to have somebody preach, imagine what church would be comfortable having a drag queen talk about their sexuality when you've got children there, you've got all sorts of um, mums and dads. I mean, this is going beyond 
biblical truth now. Now, this is in the US, but it's a large Christian denomination, and uh, you're yeah. saying it's the United Methodist Church, and, uh, yeah. and that's one of the larger denominations in the US, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's one of the largest, and uh, no wonder they are debating at the moment whether they're going to split. They're going to go uh, to a debate in August 2022 to see whether they will split because there is a view there amongst one section of the church that, you know, we should recognise LGBTIQA, gay pastors, drag queens, and whatever. Now, Neil, I love these people because they are made in the image of God, but I don't love what they do, Neil. And we have to be very careful that we don't compromise the gospel. And doing this by churches are becoming woke. They are losing traction with the mainstream congregation who are biblical-believing Christians now. As you say, Greg, what we see happening in other nations like the US uh, eventually finds its way, however, mm. into our Australian context. And Australian churches are going through this sort of challenge too. And you and I might recognise that there's strength in re- in remaining united uh, in denominations. But uh, from what I understand, there's a number of denominations in Australia that are going through all sorts of divisive uh, issues here that are even splitting uh, people according to whether you're woke or whether you're going to remain with a biblical traditional foundation. Absolutely. And I'm actually doing research on this now because I'm finding that the churches are slowly becoming their worst enemy in many ways because if you're going to start um, going unbiblical in the sense that, you know, you're going to recognise others apart from male and female, uh, you're going to start having uh, non-biblical type uh, uh, theology introduced into the church, then you are really moving in the wrong direction. And Neil, I have to tell you, the research I'm doing at the moment is indicating that unless we're careful, the churches will lose the traditional Bible-believing Christian as part of their congregation. Neil, I have to tell you, it's a real worry. That's right. Another issue, Greg, uh, Family Voice welcoming what's called the Four Angels Law. What's that one about? Yeah, look, late in June, just a couple of weeks ago, the New South Wales government introduced their Four Angels Law, which is very interesting because it was introduced in recognition, and you will recall of the Abdullah family, who actually, Layla Abdullah was the Mother of the Year Award for Family Voice. Uh, She was a wonderful mother, but in recognition of her children, and the other third, uh, fourth person, Veronica Saker, uh, they were killed by a drunk driver, as you know, in Oatlands last year. So this new law says that there will be extra penalties for any driver found to have alcohol and or drugs, uh, illegal drugs, within their system. So this law is very welcome because it means that the penalties will be larger but, Neil, the problem is that it's still not the same as Zoe's law, which was proposed by Reverend Fred Nile some years back. Yes, and uh, I imagine, and I'm, I'm sure it's more scientific, but uh, when someone has alcohol in their system, that's one thing, or illegal drugs in their system, that's another. But when you've got a combination of the two, that actually causes extra dimensions, exacerbates the issues of what happens when you're behind the wheel. Is there more research going on into that that you're aware of? Absolutely. In actual fact, um, 
uh, data has shown, and this was undertaken by the New South Wales Minister for Transport uh, and Roads, uh, Andrew Constant, who's the minister there, drivers are 23 times more likely to be involved in a fatal crash if they are under the influence of both alcohol and illegal drugs. So, look, we've got to stop this. Because in this modern day, people think that it's all part and parcel of, oh, yes, let's take drugs, let's take alcohol. In point of fact, let's combine them. The results will be fatal for mums and dads with children driving on our roads, and this has to stop. So the New South Wales government is on the right track at the moment, but we really need something like a Zoe's Law where a driver causes a fatality to an unborn child, for example, that is a criminal act. Yep. And just quickly, uh, there's some note here. Franklin Graham, uh, again, one of the world's leading spokespeople, the son of the late Billy Graham, he's saying it's very disappointing uh, that the United States is going to add a third gender option to American passports. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, Neil, I have to tell you, I must have been living under a mushroom because I didn't realise that Australia also has the option of nominating yourself when you get a passport as male, female or other, e.g. non-binary, intersex, gender non-conforming person. I didn't know this was available because when I travel, I fill out you know, my passport says Greg Bondar, male. My wife says Lynn, female. And I didn't realise this was available, but apparently Australia, Canada, Germany, India, Nepal and New Zealand all have third gender options on their passport, and now America is doing the same. And what does Franklin Graham say? He says, it is very sad and concerning. Another reminder of the desperate need for Christians to pray for all those in positions of leadership, whether we agree with them or not. Uh, we have to start praying now. Well, and we often think, oh, aren't we following in the steps of the US? But uh, here, uh, we're ahead of the US in going woke like that, uh, going uh, that far of uh, of not recognising just male and female. Mm. Greg Bondar, uh, before I let you go, any special campaigns that you'd like listeners to be attentive to this week? Look, I, I do look, we're coming up very shortly. Have, we, have a, we had a lovely webinar on Tuesday, by the way, on, on euthanasia. That will be available on our website. Have a look at it. We're, we're saying no to euthanasia in New South Wales and Queensland. So that was a great webinar. We had over 200 register. We've got another one coming up, Neil, that I really want to bring to everyone's attention. And it's going to be talking about the privatisation of the ABC because our research indicates that the ABC currently is doing everything or most things to offend family, freedom and faith. So we've got to look at that. Is there a solution a la privatisation to ensure that the family, freedom and faith issues that, that Christians all believe in are not, uh, are not sort of uh, propagated on the ABC? So that's going to be a really interesting webinar. We've got some great speakers there. Um, Senator uh, Antic from South Australia who'll be speaking. So uh, I look forward to all your listeners to tune in on that now. Good stuff. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. You can connect with uh, webinars at familyvoice.org.au, familyvoice.org.au. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. God bless now. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.